morning. Good morning. Does that work? Oh, there's better. Yeah, that's much better. I'll try not to. Yeah, I don't know what I'll try not to do. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant uh, drive-in worship service. And for those podcast listeners at home, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's a communion Sunday. It's the 7th of March. Uh, we're coming up on our anniversary from for closing our campus. Isn't that, it, that's it's just bizarre to me. Um, but God is faithful. Amen? And I'm so glad, uh, yes, amen. And I'm so glad everybody's here. I'm down here again. I was, it was in fear of wind, but it turns out there's a, another reason I'm down here, which is, uh, it's kind of a cool part of the service. We're going to be doing communion a little bit different, uh, which is always good, right? I don't know. It's, uh, we got Elizabeth Van Dorn, front and center, right here. It's her birthday today. <laughs> Ow! And in lieu of singing the whole song, let's just do everybody uh, yell, and I'll cover my mouth like this so I don't spittle on anybody, but everybody just yell, happy birthday, Elizabeth, on three. Everybody ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday, Elizabeth! She said thank you, okay? She said thank you, okay? Right? She's here, and I love it. I love that she's celebrating her, birth- her birthday with us. Um, another announcement is next week, Spring Forward. Oh, my, right? Who invented that? That's a bad idea, but um, Fall Back's the one we like, right? Spring Forward's the one we lose an hour? Oh, okay, okay. See you next week real early. Feels like four in the morning. Does it, is that right? Am I doing the math right? Carry the seven. Pi. Yep, that's it. Let's slow our hearts down. I know I need to slow down and relax a little bit. And let's enter into the presence of, of our God as I read our call to worship, which is found in Psalm 119. God's splendor is a tale that is told. His testament is written in the stars. Space itself speaks his story every day. Through the marvels of the heavens. His truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky. Showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. Each day gushes out its message to the next. Night with night whispering its knowledge to all. Without a sound, without a word, without a voice being heard. Yet all the world can see its story. Everywhere its gospel is clearly read so all may know. What a heavenly home God has set for the sun, shining in the superdome of the sky. See how he leaves his celestial chamber each morning, radiant as a bridegroom ready for his wedding like a day-breaking champion, eager to run his course. He rises on one horizon, completing his circuit on the other, warming lives and lands with his heat. Let's stand and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Good morning. Uh, The hymn we're about to sing has a very uh, interesting history. Uh, I'm talking about the hymn tune now. 
It was written, uh, written by the great uh, Austrian composer, Joseph Haydn, in 1797, and for a while was a national anthem of Austria. Then it became the one for Germany. Well, it has been adopted uh, in many churches, and it has a number of texts in which uh, the, the, the hymn tune uh, it's uh, being laid to. And uh, in this particular edition of ours, I just wanted to remind the congregation, this is PCCU singing. Everything we do here, every single Sunday, it's you doing that. So please uh, take heart and have courage to do the three pitch raises we have on this hymn. Uh, two, I mean. And uh, well, you're lucky you are in your cars now, so have courage, especially on the third verse.
The youth and children are now dismissed to go to Sunday school. And here's June Elston to lead us in our prayer of confession. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, yet we are justified by the gift of God's grace through the redemption that is ours in Christ Jesus. Trusting in God's mercy, let us confess our sin. Please join me in saying the prayer of confession. For falling to, failing to love others as you have loved us, God of grace, forgive us. For wasting your gifts and hoarding our goods, God of grace, forgive us. For plundering the earth and abusing the planet, God of grace, forgive us. For fearing those who are strange to us and ignoring those in need, God of grace, forgive us. For losing heart and abandoning hope, God of grace, forgive us. For all the ways we turn from you, God of grace, forgive us. We offer our prayers in the name of the one who saves us, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our righteousness is found in Christ alone, a gift of God by faith. Beloved people of God, believe the good news. Through the grace of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. praises one day when sin was as black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin dwelt among men my example is he the word became flesh and the light shined among us Glory revealed, living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sin far away, rising he justified, freely forever, one day he's coming, O oh, glorious day. O glorious day One day they led him up Calvary's mountain One day they nailed him to die on a tree Suffering and anguish, despised and rejected Bearing my sins, my Redeemer is He. The hand that healed my shins stretched out on a tree and took the nails for me. Oh, living He loved me, dying He saved me, buried He carried my sins far away. Rising He justified, freely forever, one day He 
this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as jesus died the wrath of god was satisfied for every sin on him was laid here in the death of christ i live there in the ground his body lay light of the world by darkness lay then bursting forth in glorious day up from the grave he rose again and as he stands in victory since curse has lost its grip on me for i am his and he is mine bought with the precious blood of christ guilt in life no fear in death this is the power of christ in me from life's first cry to final breath jesus commands my destiny no power of hell no scheme of man can never pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home here in the power of christ i stand sing that again till he returns or calls me home here in the power of christ i stand amen and amen i'm gonna speak from right here Hopefully everybody can see me. I'm down here, everybody in the back. Sorry, I'm not up in the perch. But it's really nice again to see everybody down here. Um, before I get to the text, I want to tell you a couple things. First, um, the, the text begins, uh, Passover was near. And so just keep in your mind the Exodus event. Keep in your mind, everybody's headed to Jerusalem for the highest of celebrations and a pinnacle of gathering. Um, so it, it's a really popular time to be in Jerusalem. And Jesus is headed there. Um, and then the second thing I want to tell you is, this isn't my first time on radio. Uh, I used to be, uh, I had a radio show at Biola University, Go Eagles. <laughs> There's like five people that graduated from there the year I did. No, it's a smaller school. Everybody know that school, Biola? Started in Los Angeles. Yeah, go, go fight, win. Go Eagles. Um, but I was on uh, the radio program there, I, me and my roommate, a guy named Bill Leonhardt. We were, we were disc jockeys on this radio show. And our, our claim to fame was the radio station doesn't even reach all of the campus 
<laughs> you know, it's much like this radio antenna, you know, like it, it covers like 70% of this parking lot, you know, and the, um, the radio station <laughs> covers about 80% of the entire campus of Biola University, which is probably a, m a mile square. But uh, anyway, so uh, we have this radio show and my, you've, you've noticed that I have a heavier liking to music. You know, like a, there's a, like a, a, a rock and roll, slight hardcore kind of like uh, punk rock kind of vibe. You know, has everybody noticed that about me, Jim? Give me a thumbs up. I can see Jim's face down here. This is awesome. Uh, and my my cohort, my partner in crime, after every one of these songs that I would play that somebody would be screaming, he would say, uh, what's that guy so angry about? <laughs> and it was really funny when I was writing the sermon. But right now it's not. But anyway, it kinda, it's kind of dead air right now. But that's, just picture that being really funny. And then picture also that this is Jesus in this text is angry. Notice that. Like in this text, the Son of God makes a whip. Um, not all emotions are ex like explicitly described in the New Testament. Like we never, we never read of Jesus laughing. We ne never read of him cracking jokes. I, although I'm sure he laughed. I'm sure he did all that. But it's interesting to see the Son of God get angry. And keep in your mind that question. Why is he so angry? John chapter 2, verses 13 through 25 the Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a, a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your, your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body after he was raised from the dead. His disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. When he was in Jerusalem during the Passover festival, many believed in his name because they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, would not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to testify about anyone, for he himself knew what was in everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may notice that I, on, in your bulletin, I think it, order of worship, it just says I'm going to read through 22. But I read through 25 for a reason, and I'll get to that at the end. But first, I want to point out um, this text. 
He's going up to Jerusalem. And he's, he's on his way, and he goes into the temple. And then you see this amazing scene where he gets furious, and he starts turning over tables. It's really helpful to think, like picture it. I wish I was a better actor. Maybe Danny should act it out sometime, and uh, maybe not. But who knows? But picture this fury. But before I get to that, and we, we look at, I want to briefly just say, the overall text in the Gospel of John, Jesus is, is bringing forth a new exodus. I talked about this a couple weeks ago, about how we, as followers of Jesus, often miss the fact that the crucifixion the death, crucifixion, and resurrection happen over Passover, not over Yom Kippur, not over the Day of Atonement. And I think that, that's been sorely missed in my life, in my walk with Jesus. And I, I, I love to bring it forth before us this morning to just as a reminder. I got a good quote from N.T. Wright. He says, Somehow Jesus wants us to understand what Jesus did in the temple is a hint at the new meaning he is giving to Passover. We're going to celebrate uh, communion a little bit later and recognize that they've been doing this for thousands of years and it always symboled and it, it, it always represented an outward expression of an inward truth of God setting the, the Jewish people free from slavery in Egypt. And Jesus is setting the stage for him to do it again, but only not just for the Jews, but for anybody who comes to him, and not just to set them free from slavery in Egypt, but to set them free, set he or she free from slavery to sin in the world. Being captives of this place, being captives of, of this um, brokenness, of our hurt, of our pain. So why is he so angry? Why is he so angry? Um, I think he's angry. The first thing you have to say is he's angry at greed and money entering into the house of God. Or as Jesus puts it, my father's house. Notice that he lets the animals free. He says, get out of here. What is that symbolizing? What is, what, why is he doing that? This new exodus, this new Passover, no animals were required. No lifeblood of any sheep or cows or doves. I, uh, Augustine wrote this. The dove is not for sale. It is given freely. What does he mean by that? Just a chapter earlier, what happens when Jesus first shows up in the Gospel of John? Does anybody remember? John the Baptist is baptizing people. In comes Jesus. In comes the hero. In comes the rescuer. In comes the Passover lamb and the high priest, and the God 
who all this is for. And what does John say? He points to Jesus walking over the hill. He says, behold, the Lamb of God is coming. The Lamb doesn't cost anything. It's free. Which bridges into the greed aspect. Right? They're in the house of God and they're selling this stuff. Origen says this. Jesus overturns the tables in the souls fond of money. I think there's a serious heed, there's a serious caution Jesus is giving us right here. Are you fond of money? Are you more fond of money than you are of God? I think that's that's one of his. And then this is what was surprising. Um, this is this kind of shocked me. I hadn't ever seen this in this text, and I've studied this text, and I've actually preached on this text before. And that's why this is why I, I let in those last verses. Everybody hanging in there? Yeah. Do might need to stretch and go? Anything? I'm kind of getting freezing. I'm standing up and doing stuff. Usually I'm sweating, and usually I have to warn Marsha, man, be careful because I'll sweat on you. But it's uh, it's not normal. Anyway, uh, I'll step back just in case. But this is, a, this is a new aspect. Underneath his fury, underneath his anger, I think it's pain. It's suffering. He hurts for the beings that were designed to worship God. Not. Have you ever, you, you, have you ever driven, this is a stupid question, have you ever driven down PCH, uh-huh. right? Have you ever been right in front of Huntington Beach where there's like lights after lights, there's about 100 yards? We live right over right by there. And consistently, and, and it, this happened this morning, uh, <laughs> you get to one of these lights, it's red. Your next, I'm in a Prius, I'm in a 2003 Prius. Uh, uh, it's basically a go-kart, a little, 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 little more powerful than a go-kart. But anywho, and in Paul's, this, you know, like Lamborghini-esque car, you know, it's all shiny and stuff like that. And then he hits it. I don't know, like it turns green, he hits it. He goes, maybe he gets it up to 80, but it's from here to like that Mini right there, that Mini Cooper. It's like, and it's just like, what a waste, Right? That thing was designed to be on the open road, taking it off the top, going 500 miles an hour, you know, going pew, pew, pointing at people saying, yeah, I'm faster than you. That's why it was built, right? It's built for this like machine that's supposed to blow the doors out of the building. Um, I think Jesus is angry because ultimately underneath it, he's sad that we were built to drive, that we were built to be like Lamborghinis, but praising the Lord and we, we consistently take our eyes off the ball and we put our eyes on the people around us and we, 
get involved in the drama and we get sucked into this and we get sucked into that and none of that satisfies? How many times have you had to realize that this buying this thing, even though it feels like it's going to satisfy me, doesn't satisfy? How many times is that going to happen in my life? How many times do I have to relearn the fact that the only thing that really stands up under the weight of all of my pressure, of all my expectations, of all of my dreaming, of all of my fears and hopes and all of that is God. We were built for this. We were built to worship God, right? With a shorter catechism, that first question, Westminster Shorter Catechism. What's the chief end? Why were human beings built to glorify God and enjoy him forever, period. Jesus is furious because we, we stink at that still. And then he's also in pain because he's fully God and he's fully human. And then that fully human side, he sees a couple things. I want to read a quote from a commentator. He quotes, actually, this book. There's a lot of papers. A lot of papers here, people. Okay. This is uh, Richard Holloway, an understanding of the New Age. And this, and this commentator says, this modern enigma is memorably captured by a contemporary writer. This is my dilemma. I am dust and ashes, frail, wayward, a set of predetermined behavioral responses riddled with fears, beset with needs, the quintessential of dust, and unto dust I shall return. But there's something else in me. Dust I may be, but troubled dust, dust that dreams, dust that strange premonitions of transfiguration of a glory in store a destiny prepared an inheritance that will one day be my own so my life is stretched out in a painful dialectic between ashes and glory between weakness and transfiguration i am a rebel to myself an exasperating enigma the strange duality of dust and glory that was a really long quote. Did you get lost in it? The gist of it is, if you look at humanity, it's really complex. And that passage ends with Jesus saying, it's not my time to get famous. It's not my time to do all this yet because I know what is going on in everyone here's heart. And, and once again, second week in a row, Lord of the Rings quote. Wasn't it last week I quoted Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I think it is. And the hearts of men. Do you remember that? Lord of the Rings people? Were evil and not good. Once they, they always get a hold of the ring. Anyway, well, I won't go into that sermon again. Uh, but the duality and the complexity of humanity is behind why Jesus is so angry. He's hurt because he knows he has to, to walk this crucifixion road to redeem us. 
He's also, he's hurt. Because being fully human himself, being sent from the Father, to be actually what the temple is pointing to, right? He's in the temple. What, what's the temple? The temple is the meeting place between God and humans. Who is the temple in our following of Jesus? Jesus is that temple. And his cr- death, crucifixion, and, and resurrection, that's what Passover has been pointing to for thousands of years. He's hurting because this is it. This is where I, this is Jesus speaking, not me. <laughs> Jesus saying, this is where I gather everyone to myself and I proclaim that each and every person within the sound of my voice on the podcast and each and every person in this space, I don't know if we call it a room, I guess it's not a room, in this globe, I don't know, was deemed worthy by my Father. I want Kathy Rasmussen. I want Maddie Hanson. I want Ian. How do we apply this? Well, we're going to apply it majorly here. We're going to break bread together. And we're going to be reminded that Jesus came on this planet, sent by the Father to be the temple and to be what the Passover meal was pointing to. The second exodus. The liberator, the rescuer from our sins and our slavery. How else do we apply it? We worship Jesus. We worship God the Father. We invite the Spirit to fill us up so that we can sing and take all other things off of our plates so that the God of the universe, the God who created us, the God who made us, we might worship Him as we were designed to do. Amen? Amen. Transition into... God is faithful to cover all of our sins. And God is faithful to bring us all back together. God is also faithful through each and every one of you as stewards. And once again, I want to thank you for joining us on this adventure by, by giving us your time this morning and time whenever you're listening to this podcast. And by also your tithes and your offerings. There's no place I'd rather be. What an adventure with each of you. Marcia, are you doing okay? Okay, Okay, excellent. And you probably picked up on the mic. You're probably on the podcast. Okay. Marcia, you'll have to sign something later. Uh, But now is the part of the service where we enter into the adventure. I invite you to enter into the adventure once again by giving your tithes and your offerings. Offerings and tithes are now received. The choral piece you're about to hear um, 
was one of the best uh, sellers in the um, choral Christian music publishing houses, and uh, for good reason. The text is a famous text of the hymn, How Great Thou Art. But composer Mary MacDonald, a very anointed and inspired composer, she created a new melody that is probably as beautiful and as great as the original melody that carries the words that you know so well. Let's listen to it. <clears throat> Oh, 
Today, since we are in the Lenten season, and the message this morning was on Passover, we're going to pattern our serving of communion after the Passover meal. At the Jewish Passover meal, it's a tradition for the youngest child present to ask the four key questions regarding why the ceremonial meal is celebrated as it is and what the significance is of each step. This morning, Elsie is going to be that child as we come to the table. Why do we give thanks and praise before this table? Congregation, we give thanks for God's work of creation and salvation. It is our greatest joy, Creator God, to give you thanks in every time and place. You made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them, sun, moon, and stars, mountains, rivers, and trees, animals, and people. You made us in your own image to love and serve you, and you show us your mercy every day. Therefore, with all people, all creation, we shout out your praise. All glory and blessings are yours, saving God. For in your mercy you gave your only Son, Jesus Christ. Born a child like us, he grew up to be your servant. Jesus taught your truth. He welcomed, healed, forgave, and loved people. In the end, he suffered and died to save us from our sin. God raised him up to give us a new life. We praise you that before he died, our Savior gave us this holy meal to eat together until he comes again. Why do we eat bread at this table? On the night before he died, Jesus took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And we say to you, take, eat in remembrance. So if you would remove the little wafer from your pod, take and eat. Why do we drink from the cup at this table? That same night, Jesus took the cup, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you and me, for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And at this point, we open the cup of our pods. Blood of Christ shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Take, drink all. What do we remember at this table? We remember God's gracious love for us, Christ's death and resurrection for us, and the Spirit's tender care for us. And remembering, we offer ourselves and our gifts for the world according to the Lord's commandment. Uh, congregation, we, we remember, remember his, his death. death. We, we proclaim his resurrection. resurrection. We await his coming in glory. What do we ask at this table? 
Would you please pray with me? Merciful God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and wine, that in eating and drinking together, we may be one with Christ and with one another. At this table, we ask for unity in Christ our Lord, and we ask for strength to serve the world in his name until the day you make all things new. And all God's people said, Through Christ, all glory right, oh, and let's honor sing together. are yours. Yeah, right. oh. <laughs> let's say together the congregation. I, I, got, I got tripped up. Did everybody say amen first? Okay, good job. And now we're going to pray in Jesus' name, but right here. Through, Through Christ, Christ, all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, with the Holy Spirit in the Holy Church, now and forever. Amen. Please stand if you're able to this, receive this morning's benediction and also be reminded next week, spring forward. Everybody wish Elizabeth a happy birthday, please. Maybe honk your horn or something. <laughs> and receive this benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Let's sing together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.